0: Welcome back. This is the Mixforge podcast with me, Ben Winty, and that's Neil Elliott. Hello. Uh, last time we left you, kind of, we were at the sort of period where I'd entered the fray. Entered the building, literally. Literally. So, this is part two, really, of a sort of introduction to who we are and what we do here at the old Blacksmith Studios in Portsmouth. Mm. So, yeah, I'd moved back from London. Did some s- drums here with my band and then did stuff at home. There was
1: talk of you investing in the studio, but I think I'm yes. right, thinking you decided no.
0: Well, <laughs> so I, I, th- I started babysitting here end of 2011, so six months after I'd moved back from London. And it was kind of like, just start working here, get the lay of the land, see how it all runs and everything like that before you make a sort of decision and then I did start doing some engineering work based off that Beatamax EP, and and I was sitting in with you mm. uh, a can, lot.
1: Can you remember any particular... I can't at all.
0: But I you... do... So I, the first thing I remember is, and again, I don't think I worked here. It was very soon after I moved back from Portsmouth, but you were doing the Retrospective Soundtrack Players, you were, your band's yes. first album. Yes. And I was actually in here rehearsing with Beatamax, or I was in here just practicing drums. Yes, I remember that And day. you were doing a song and you were like can you just come and play some so drums. So thi- this
1: was a last minute song on the album. So Kyle the songwriter had written the album and then we'd recorded most of it and and that out it was very much a project album. It there wasn't any great plan with it. There wasn't even a lineup. There wasn't a lineup. It was just me and Kyle. I, I'd i challenged Kyle to write a solo album. And what came back is <clears throat> the idea of the retrospective soundtrack players. Check them out if you're interested. But the point was, there wasn't a lineup at this time. We'd recorded most of it. And then Kyle would sent me the demo. I was like, I've written another song. I was like, this is one of the best songs. <laughs> so we definitely need to. And it was. Okay, so it was a Sunday. I was babysitting. And as we spoke about in the last podcast, babysitting was, there were bands rehearsing all day long. And what I used to do in the old days, I used to do a lot of babysitting. But in that time, I would just record my own shit. Yeah. And that's how I got good at recordings, because I just did it all the time. And I remembered working on that song and thinking, I really need a drummer.
0: Winty's downstairs
1: rehearsing <laughs> with his band. I wonder if I could just get him in to yeah. fucking drum on this. That
0: makes sense because we would have rehearsed Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. you were like, "Yeah, can you come and just play some drums?" I've said it all. Up. <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty much just like a kick and a snare, really, yeah, and a was, crash. It was because yeah. it, it was like a skiffle, yeah, sort of thing. And you were like, "Can you just do this?" I was like, "Yeah, all right then." So yeah, then I ended up being on a on a track, but yeah, I remember then. I remember then when you started doing the your, the band's second album, which is the Catcher in the Rye album. Yes. By this point, I was kind of involved here, at least babysitting. Yeah. And so I was like, me and you just seem to get on yeah. well.
1: Just very similar upbringings, yeah. Very similar journeys, yeah. playing in local bands, similar interests in
0: music. Yeah. And I remember you you guys saying with the second album, like, um, do you want to sort of co-produce or at least be involved in, in the recording? And I was happy to just sit and watch really. Rather. So so at this point we
1: did have a lineup. Yes. We? So it was now a band. We were signed to Extra Mile, which was sort of a big deal to us because two of our favourite artists, Ruben yeah. and Frank Turner, were on this label. So we were very excited. We now had, you know, I challenged Kyle to write a solo album, and in fact, what it turns out was a new sort of band, and we were just cracking on doing the second album, and essentially, you and me, we just what I I think why we've got to where we've got to now is because we we would just chat about how do we get a better snare sound, yeah, yeah. how do we get how do we how do we and we'd. And that's where that started, was doing that album, wasn't yeah, it? It yeah. was like, right, how, how are we going to get the drum sound we want to get on this record?
0: Yeah. And I like to edit- think, like, as a drummer, that I was able to maybe provide some input into, like, let's just make the kit sound as good as it can. Like, I can help with that, Yeah, yeah you know, rather than, you know, yourself, you're not a drummer... And just leaving it to the drummer. Obviously, you've got a good idea, but I was like, "Well, I, you know, pretty good at getting a good drum sound." But I definitely remember a couple of things. I remember eating a lot of Domino's pizza. Oh, I remember glory
1: days. We just couldn't get away with it now, could we? Where no. not just eat shit, spend all our time here. Yeah. <laughs> not worried about money. I don't. Know, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, in 2011, I had my first child. So doing this 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 album <laughs> coincided with I've now got a newborn as well. <laughs> yeah. I was just bumbling around eating dominoes and not getting paid to record my band's album.
0: I remember one thing was like you would we were tracking drums and I was kind of like taking notes on each take yeah. and being like chorus one was a good one, first right. three on this was a good one, which just helped with like comping. And then I remember going you know, you track the bass and I remember being like, can I take the bass home and edit it? And you were yes. like, yes, of course. <laughs> so I would take it Please. home and I'd put it in, I had Logic at home at the time and I'd edit the bass and, because I was just, again, I wasn't doing any of this for any money. I had other forms of income at the time, but this was like a golden opportunity. I didn't live that far away from the studio. It was like, I'm just going to go in every time Neil's in and just any chance I can get and then, yeah, it was going like, can I help? And can I edit the bass? And you're like, yeah, of course. And I did it. And they were like, yeah, it's great. Cool. I'll edit all the bass for the album. And then you would start, you know, things like that. But it was still your band. So it wasn't like a, you know, a, a client here that we didn't know. But that just all gave me, like, more experience cool. and stuff. And we just worked together pretty constantly. Um, and, you know, you taught me. You pass down what you'd learned mm. to me. Um, well, certainly, yet- It certainly was
1: a jump in level. Like, I listen back and it's fine. Those recordings are fine. We're a lot better now. It's 11 years ago now. But I do remember Frank Turner tweeting about going, the drum sound saying, holy shit, the drum <laughs> sound on the new retrospective. Which was and I hope.
0: think it was just really key is the fact that, you know, it's quite a, isolated job doing this, mm. you know, because it's usually just you and you're working with... Yes, you're working with a band, but, you know, the post-production you're sort of doing yourself and you're just... You're not in an office where there's loads of people you work with. It's kind of just you running the whole session, you doing the post-production, you know, you doing, doing that. And I guess what we found was the fact that we were working... We worked together so well mm. and just got on really well. Was that bouncing of ideas?
1: It was like you... You do the guitars, I'll do the bass.
0: Yeah, we we'll meet back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and but yeah. even like you say, going like, even just having that discussion of what can we do to make this better. Well, what triggering
1: was another big thing. Yeah, we, we can. We'll go into detail on an episode about what triggering is, but essentially, it's where you use samples to enhance the drum sound, the live drum sound, and we'd never quite nailed, at the time the technology was just a little bit shonky, wasn't it? Drumagog. Yeah, where it, it just wasn't quite, the timing wasn't quite working, and we we just played around, I can't remember the specifics of what we did, but what I know is we had a big, We because we'd never, re- we'd used Drumagog on kick drums, but not so much on snares. Yeah, And then it was like, oh, does sound, f- if you can get the technology working takes quite a long time to sort out but it does sound good on this particular record Um, and I know that was a big jump
0: yeah in I think having that ability to just go you know because you've got to make all these little decisions you know artistically and technically but just having someone else there going like does that sound good Mm. you know I remember one particular session you turning around to ask me what I thought of the snare sound and I was asleep (laughs) Ben? <laughs>
1: okay. Not so keen on that snare sound. <laughs> yeah. While the client was in the room as well, I believe. <laughs> but as a post domino's lunch, probably. Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, so then going back to sort of my how I ended up owning the place, I'd sort of spent <laughs> I think it was maybe like seven, eight months sort of working here and getting my fat beak through the door and getting myself involved and then rich quite frankly I, you know he he i got the impression that this place was struggling yeah and
1: his passion and the thing is not that his passion had gone but money was just
0: so was such a yeah a weight the driving force And then, you know, I remember one session being given, like, a band to, like, record a mix, but they only had X amount of money, and it clearly wasn't enough. But he needed that money a lot, so that that, the pressure of the financial responsibility was just weighing him down. And, And I could see that, you know, to be kind of a bit brutal, I was like, I think if I invest in this, I think I'm going to lose my money don't think it's something worthwhile Mm. for me doing like that. But Rich came to me and basically said, you know, he he I think he emailed both of us and was quite honest and just said, you know, it must have been really hard to write, but Mm. basically like the studio's at a point where it's probably gonna have to close down. And this was summer twenty twelve. Do you want to buy it off me? And that was addressed to both of us. And obviously, I had that kind of capital that was earmarked maybe for investment or setting my own thing up. Yeah, that that's really interesting actually because
1: I'd forgotten that that was written to both of us. Yeah, because I, my situation, I at the time was I had a one-year-old. Yeah, money was not good. It's not. It's not a great-paying job. Mm. Being a recording engineer, being a musician. Unless you're really at the top levels, which we are not. Um, And so I certainly didn't have any savings, but I also, I've always said I'm just not a businessman. I'm not like, that doesn't interest me. I just want to fucking record. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's a very naive way. And I'm a lot more business minded now. But when I was in my 20s, I didn't have desires to own a studio. Yeah. Whereas I think you did, you always had that. That was one one. of my
0: goals leaving PlayStation was I want to have my own studio in Portsmouth and I want to buy my own house in Portsmouth and become a professional drummer as well. And I've I've achieved all of those things. Yeah, get that green pen out. (laughs) Tick, tick, tick. Um, But yeah, and I remember getting that email and being like, okay, I'm glad I didn't invest. I'm glad I waited and I can't remember if me and you had a chat. Definitely. I mean, we would have done. I but... was
1: straight on the phone. <laughs> right. Okay. Got a situation here. <laughs>
0: but I I was quite.
1: I did, just, uh, I did weigh up. We we did weigh yeah, up. We going did. in together. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Briefly. But I thought, okay, well, this is an opportunity to own my own studio. Can it? work so I got all like the accounts and everything off of rich and my mum's friend who was an accountant for a very successful company I got him to basically look everything over and he was like yeah it can work like it's not going to make you loads of money
1: yeah essentially but you'd be insane
0: yeah <laughs> like and like... I was like oh yeah that's cool I don't really want to make loads of money and he was like well why do you want to do it then I was like oh because I love it and he's like yeah that's something I don't understand I'm as an accountant, an accountant <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah. um i'm pretty sure he made all his money like he, he he was the accountant for one of his friends firms who developed like all those strange flavors of crisps that we now have branching out from ready salted and salt and vinegar to thai sweet chili and all those sorts of things and i think he ended up the guy sold sold the company in the in the millions to walkers or something and he said i I'll, I'll, I'll give you 10 percent because you've been my accountant and best mate for years so anyway yeah he couldn't understand why I wanted to do it but I I kind of thought you know I said basically to Rich like what do you want for it and he came back with a number and my accountant said it's it's just not worth that so it put put me in a very difficult place but I essentially had to go back to Rich and say it's not worth that it's only worth this and here's why so it's this or nothing and rich just didn't really have a choice yeah but what it would do is clear all his debts pay give mark his some some money as a percentage as as an owner Yeah, and then the i went to see a business advisor and the safest way for me to do it legally was to set up my own company and buy the assets of rich's company rather than buy rich's company if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so i wouldn't take any, any any sort of history or anything like that so I remember during the Olympics, 2012, 2012, Yeah. August, I was in London with my mum, renovating my flat up there, ready to get it for rent. And I registered the BW Sound Limited with Company's House uh, on my iPad in, in my flat in London. August 13th, I think it was. My birthday, boy. Ah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I set up the BW Sound Limited. I then set up a business bank account and I got a bank loan and I put in some money of my own and we started the process of the the, the sale and transfer of assets and that process took, so that would have been August, so it wasn't until February the 1st, 2013, that was the day that my company then owned the assets and took over the lease of the premises and I became the owner. The old Studio essentially, studios. I guess,
1: Rich, this legend of the Portsmouth scene. As as much as it's sad that he had, you know, he had to go. He was now free from essentially going bankrupt. Yeah. And he, you know, he had a family.
0: And there was actually there was a point actually, I remember, when we'd agreed that I would buy it. He got a job. Yes. Got working back well, in um computers, yeah. tech, web development, I think, software. Which he'd done before first, I think that's what he, he was, was s- always very yeah. computer savvy. So there was actually a period where he still owned the place. I was essentially full-time running it and managing it while the sale went through mm. for a good sort of five, six months. And then yeah, first of February, off to solicitors, signed everything, and um, and got the keys. And I remember turning up here on that day. I'm pretty sure it was a Friday, opening the door and being like. Cool, <laughs> okay, <laughs> less than two years after leaving london i yeah. I've now not only got my own studio but I now own the old blacksmiths, which yeah. had at that point you know I'd been coming here for ten years at that you know using the place mm. for ten years on and off, and it was kind of quite i don't know quite a nice full circle mm. kind of moment, and yeah, I felt very good about it, and like okay this this you know it'd been around for a while, and I was like, okay, let's see what we can do. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, sack Neil straight off Ugh. the back. <laughs> I knew I should have got in with him. Just don't leave any empty, uh, open paint cans lying around.
1: <laughs> Do not let Neil decorate. <laughs> Rule number one. <sighs> but what is interesting? Yes, okay, we can we can on the timeline we can put that to 2012. This is it's a very different scene to the Naughties now isn't it that it was a very vibrant and maybe it was just because we were a bit younger you know in the noughties was a very vibrant you know arctic monkeys world and then once we get into the teenies things are just changed in in the local scene hadn't they really and i guess we can get on to how we fought back i suppose and survived and evolved
0: yeah um I think there's definitely an element, you know, I think it was obviously music's always evolving in what's in that sort of commercial mainstream, but also around that time, like so many of those venues that were open in Portsmouth in the noughties were closed yeah, due to noise things being knocked down, you know, the Horseshoe, the Air Balloon, Contented Pig, they'd all gone and you really lost a lot of venues, so there just Mm. wasn't...
1: And coinciding with... People recording at home, I mean... And Netflix. Compared, yeah. <laughs> but compared to 2002 when I was... Or 2000, 2002 when I was first getting into recording, now 10 years down the line and the technology to record at home yeah, has improved a lot. So a lot of people are making that choice. But we can get into why that choice doesn't always work out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and why a studio like the old Blacksmith is still very very relevant to get to get the results that people yeah. need.
0: Before we do that, I really need a wee. Oh, we'll take a little break. Hey, everyone. If there weren't enough podcasts out there, we've got a brand new one for you. This is Drum and Drummer with me, Ben Wincy. I thought if I have a heart attack right now, then that'll end this gig. And him, George Pickering. How am I going to get in that sea without a wetsuit? Join us every Thursday as we chat about drums, drumming and drummers. Everyone else is getting paid at this gig, but we're not. Plus a lot more. What i do. The world was going to end. But I wouldn't dry. bother with the MOT, which is right. Find us, wherever you get your pods. Yeah, but that's because you're dead inside. You don't want to play anymore.
1: Cool. Where were we? Uh, right, you're taking over. The yes. new dawn. The new Operation dawn. Operation Back.
0: Yeah. I think pretty much instantly, like, I knew the, the way I think Richard, he'd got the place open and functioning and then obviously it was just so the place was functional but I don't think it looked very good yes. aesthetically yeah so job one for me was some of that money was to essentially just redecorate there was nothing groundbreaking but you know and I we had two rehearsal rooms at the back one and two and then three at the front and it was you know new laminate floorings paint the walls I put a red feature wall new acoustic paneling um New PA's carpet, recarpet. I think the new
1: PA was a big thing for rehearsals because the door. And this had this had been at any rehearsal studio yeah. I'd ever been to. The speakers were just all. I remember shit. constantly
0: having to bring in spare speakers, and and they were just blowing up.
1: Yeah, and we, I remember us discussing and going, "What? How can we get speakers that work <laughs> and don't constantly break?" Yeah and what were they what were this it wasn't the altos was it yeah it was the Altos, and they're still going
0: well something happened i bought i bought like six alto tops you know we didn't have subs back then and a few of them did blow and i took them back to nevada and was like they keep breaking and they basically sent them back to alto and i think either got them replaced or fixed but they were like we think there's just a bad batch. No. And I got the, you know, two or three of them I had to get replaced. And since then, they've all they yeah. all, they've all worked. They've yeah. just kept going for, I haven't had to replace any of them for probably eight years now. And, and even just things I'd picked up from just working here was like, we need cables that work. We need mic stands that just work. Those basic things that when you're up against it, it's incredibly hard to spend that money Hundreds but,
1: of pounds on leads.
0: Yeah, but just makes the difference. And and with the leads we have for rehearsals, it's like those leads aren't cheap. They're really good ones. And they've lasted nine years. Yeah. And they still also as well, because I call them up properly at the end of every day, which helps keeps them in their integrity. But and it was just, yeah, making the place just kind of look nicer and and be a little less industrial and a bit more homely in a way. And I got a friend to design a new logo and then I set set about sort of rebranding. And and you very much lent
1: in because you did consider changing the name of the I studio. I did,
0: yeah. But you decided,
1: and I think correctly so, to lean into the yeah. old
0: Blacklist theme. So actually, actually going back a little bit to the purchase of the studio, one suggestion from Rich was that Um, I essentially buy Mark's share, but it kind of essentially, like, I own... He still... Rich still has a stake in the business. And there was one option as well that I take over the rehearsals and have the space to set my own studio up, but Rich still carries on with the current studio. And for me, it was very much... I've got to have 100% or nothing. Because I just i wanted to every decision i make to be mine and i i wanted to take all the wins for myself mm-hmm. and i but i was also happy to take the failures all yeah. all on my, which myself which is which
1: is you know another reason why i felt if we went into it together i think it's always a compromise then isn't it i was happy to be yeah, I'm your engineer. I think you knew
0: you trusted me. Yeah, yeah, and I'm with, happy to go with.
1: Yeah, you, know, you know, we can chat about yeah. what direction, but I'm happy with whatever your final decision. Yeah,
0: and I, um, I learned a lot of business stuff from Sony <clears throat> as well, and just even just like if if kind of just efficiency of like file management and streamlining work processes, and which you love. I'd absolutely love that stuff, and I think it's quite you can be you know whether you're just not interested in that stuff but like it's very hard to be good at everything you need to do to run a business and that's why you're here cuz you're such a great engineer and mixer yes i can do it as well but i deal with all the business side of things and i just wanted yeah if i'm going to do it it's 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 all got to be it's got to be me really um, who owns 100% yeah so I kind of, yeah, because I wanted to be able to, like, I want it to look like this, and I don't have to compromise, you know. And so, yeah, me, with the help of my mum, we we basically spent pretty much, within a couple of weeks, we'd, we'd got the new flooring in, we'd started the painting. Um, you know, I put the carpet down myself. I remember bands coming in to record, and I'm there, like, putting the new hall carpet in. And, and just a pretty quick turnaround on that for the rehearsal rooms. And then... Not long after, it was like, okay, the recording studio upstairs. Right now, it's time to spruce that up a bit, and it didn't take much. That again was just putting a putting a laminate flooring in to cover up the black floor that you <laughs> you've created. Correct that wrong, <laughs> right that wrong. Yeah, <laughs>
1: ten years. No, how many years? I suppose six, seven years later.
0: Yeah, and just kind of make that a little bit nicer. But there were limitations without spending horrendous yeah, amounts it, of it money. Yeah, it was.
1: It was just a surface level.
0: Yeah, it was essentially <coughs> like pretty much just finishing the job. Yeah, that Rich was uh, was unable to finish because of because of the money situation.
1: Yeah, so we sort of settled in to a rhythm and things were fine, weren't they? And I think at this point, I was a good engineer, and and at this point, I think you you know you were you were there as well. Like we'd been. I do remember my, one day when I really felt like I. would got there as an engineer I'd it was when Rich still owned the place and he'd mix everything I recorded a band and I felt like I'd done a really nice job you know really you take pride in a neat project and everything really well recorded and I remember Rich texting me going just opened up the mix and that is a delightful project (laughs) I was like yes I'm now not a novice I know but I think we'd reached a point where it was like there were now some very significant studios in Portsmouth that had popped up that weren't previously there. Yeah. So there was competition, basically. there, there It was harder to get bands through the door.
0: Yeah, fighting um, multiple fronts of home recording, other... Scene not being as vibrant, Scene not being maybe. as vibrant, and other studios popping up doing a similar thing. And it know.
1: was like, yeah, where, where are all these punk bands Why you know why are they not coming through the door like they used to? And so we had to really self reflect, didn't we, and and analyze what can we do to to not turn it around? Sounds a bit too drastic because it still was a viable business, and we still, but we weren't where we wanted to be, were we? Yeah. So and again, I feel this is where we really benefit as a two, because what we one of the things was we need to get better at mixing, and as anyone any you know, anyone involved in music who's listened to this will know that mixing is just such an art and so difficult to get right. And I would say up until 2016, I was just bumbling around, trying to get better, probably failing. Like, But, you know, things were having little successes, but still, yeah.
0: still not where I
1: wanted to be as a mix engineer. I
0: think there was still a gulf when you listen to Top End stuff. And yeah. You still like with It's not even it's not, it's compl- not close at yeah. all. So what are we what are we doing right and what are we doing wrong? Yeah. Where and I, I remember, you know, those first sort of yeah, three years, it was kind of get the place looking nice and just get it running how I kind of want it to run. I think another thing actually that we were able to sort of do quite well was as as a drummer myself and brass player, and yourself as, you know, covering guitar, bass, keys, and things. We were able to mm. sort of package as a, like, we'll be your session band, in-house session band. Yeah. So we could work with people. And you kind of had, like, the boom of, like, the solo artist yeah. with an acoustic guitar who, the time and effort to get a band and stuff, like... So we were kind of... Which is kind of still going. Still, still going, still, yeah. yeah. very relevant. Yeah. 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 That we were able to be, like, you don't need to get a band in. Like record your song, but we can add real drums, we can add real bass and guitar, and and not only perform it well, but do it do the job quickly, high standard, and sort of so these people could come in and be like they didn't need to worry about finding a drummer and spending mm-hmm. hours rehearsing with them. We could be like, yeah, we'll learn your song quickly. So we could, we actually worked with a lot of solo artists, and we we call it like the full band production, wouldn't we? So that was kind of like something we were like, oh, we can offer this, we can lean into this. Yeah, we recognised that
1: was quite unique that yes. just between the two of us. Yeah. Everything covered. Yeah. Other than the song and the singer. Yeah. Um we, so we, did we definitely lot of that. did a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um And what was very unique about Ben, which I'd to this point I'd played with lots of really good drummers, really great drummers, but they were not necessarily musicians. <laughs> So they were great at playing drums. But as I said, I'm very, I know exactly what I want the drums to do. And I've told, I've asked you what to do, but (laughs) you're not doing it. You've not remembered. It's not because they disagree. They just literally haven't remembered. And what I found with Ben was like, oh, when I ask him to play something like that, he does it every time. Like I asked, this is really, so why that was, why I bring that up now is when you have these solo artists coming in. You could, you could learn, and write, the drums for a song in minutes, yeah, and play it, the same every time. Or if I asked you to do something different, you'd do something different, and that is pretty unique, you know, to the drummers I'd met to yeah. this point.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think as well, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't really have like, a kind of ego about. You know, if you were like, can you do it like this? It's like, yeah, sure. You're, but the trust, big, the big thing then
1: was you'd come from classical music. Yeah, you knew how to notate, so you would know you weren't relying on feel or or me- you know memory. You yeah. would like notate it down. Yeah. So it's there in black and white. Yeah. And drummers just generally
0: can't yeah. do that. I just you know that understanding of music outside of just drums yeah but I, I remember so we spent a few years sort of just doing what we were doing and taking what work we could do and I was had the sort of rebrand thing and was um you know I think we even got that round that time you know I submitted us for like the small business awards that you know that the newspaper do and we got nominated for like a startup of the year yeah and just trying to really get it all those little things i wanted to change getting all those things kind of kind of going and and how how things ran and then it was like but i knew we had limitations and there was financial limitations and we were still recording upstairs but then i remember one big thing was switching to mac and that was winter 2016 mm. and the reason we did that was because the interface blew up yeah recording with Kyle on
1: Kyle's Retrospective soundtrack players,
0: yeah, yeah, because it was PC, yeah, all the way up to there. Was it? Yeah, and I remember it was something to do with there was a cert, there was certain like an interface that maybe I wanted to get or something, or to run, I don't know, update to the new version of Pro Tools. There was something that the PC had like a thirty-two um it was 32 bit was it plugins no it... yeah something it was the operating system on the on the, the microsoft windows 64 bit
1: and 24 32 was yeah.
0: 32 and we needed to go to 64 and i remember doing it trying to switch the the pc like the in, internal parts of it to get us a 64 bit rig so we could then get these plugins or do something with the interface and basically it just turned out it was impossible you just couldn't change it. Mm. So, and I don't know whether that was before or after the interface blowing up, but maybe it was around the same time, but it was like, okay, well, I this is the chance now to switch to Mac, um, which I had at home, which I really preferred using to PC. And I remember actually just borrowing a bit of money from my mum to go and get an, a 16-inch iMac and then, you know, paid her back. And then we switched interface and got the Antelope Orion, which was 32 channels through USB. Because I remember
1: being like, are you sure the (laughs) iMac's going to be up to this? Because to that point, interfaces were very much PCI slots within the tower. Even Max, you know, within within it, you needed an internal thing. But you did your research. Was it USB 2 at that
0: point? I think it might have been three. At three, just
1: yeah, it was like no, it's it's fast enough and it's powerful enough.
0: Yeah, okay. I I got you know, spec'd out the Mac, and actually it turns out it was the Orion that was everything. Point it was designed as a USB yeah interface that could handle thirty two channels, but in reality, it just couldn't. Yeah, but also at that time was the case of a lot of the software that was used on the PC that we took over was cracked software. Yeah. So there was loads of it, but it was was dodgy. (laughs) And so getting the Mac, I had to essentially buy everything again. And coincidentally, but it was November and it was Black Friday so there were so many sales on the software so I remember me and you went through all the plugins we had and were basically like what are the ones we use Yeah, because there were so many we just didn't use yeah. and so then it was like made a shopping list like we don't need every plugin under quality, the sun we oh, just quality, need yeah. the quality ones that we use a lot of and because of the Black Friday sale I was actually able to get everything I wanted I had a, I had a plan A, A plan B and a plan yeah. C depending on budget and actually I was able to get all of them for the cost of plan A um, so that was kind of like, a, okay, we're now on Mac Pro Tools and we now have legal versions of just the plugins we use and want to just get by. It's not to say we weren't going to expand on them later, but we can now record again yeah. <laughs> on a quite a sort of new new sort of setup. Um, but yeah, like you said, we we got to a point where business was fine, but I guess we did feel like, not struggling, but just... A bit stale. bit stale. Standing still. Standing something. still. How are we going to push forward?
1: And, and potentially, I, uh, maybe hearing another mix that was done somewhere else and just being like, yeah, I'm not on that level. Like, and that's how anyone gets better. Yeah. Is being honest with yourself and just yeah.
0: going... I think, you know, threatens a too strong a word, but like feeling the presence of other studios. Yeah. Bands,
1: um, bands that you'd to be complete. Bands that you'd recorded before. Yeah. Oh, they've recorded elsewhere. Yeah. And it's not a of You know, it happens, and it's yes. not a particularly nice feeling. And you can either just crumble, or you can be honest with yourself and be like, right, why, why has this band decided to record elsewhere? Yeah. Time to, and. <clears throat> I think we can get into a lot, we'll get into lots of technical reasons, how we improved and how we got to where we are now. But I think to tie up this opening two-parter about how the Blacksmith's got to where it is now, one of the decisions we made was studio needs to be better. Yeah. Not just self-improvement, which we would definitely, we'll do a a whole episode on. Yeah. Um,
0: But... There was but, you know,
1: one. We were still upstairs. Still upstairs and it's still and it was boiling still
0: hot. Freezing in the winter, boiling hot in the summer. It's very uncomfortable. It's quite a small space. And I think what had gradually happened over the years was that the Blacksmiths was a recording studio that you could also rehearse at. It had shifted in our mentality, Rich's mentality, and the mentality of the local scene. The Blacksmiths is now a rehearsal studio that also does a bit of recording. They. Yeah, and what we wanted to do was like no we want to be back to being this is a recording studio you can also rehearse here and I really then you know I, by that point I'd paid off my business loan so we we're in a good position maybe we'll do an episode about the business rate scandal that got me in the paper yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's... that was a tough three years uh... um, we can also talk about getting through a pandemic yeah, well, Yeah, at another yeah. point but I'd always had in my head that what if we moved the studio downstairs A we've got two big rooms there already and B it's then kind of front and centre when you come in the place it's downstairs and the initial plan was can we just move what we've already got and just set it up downstairs and will will that work and then we'll delve into our gear deep yeah. dive into the gear but
1: i but it was the decision was one reason one one way we can really sort of fight back's too strong a word but we can really improve the old blacksmiths what's the problems with upstairs it's too hot so that's why would a band want to record there when it's fucking... well there was
0: specifically one band a member of one band who are good friends who recorded here with us upstairs, and then they went somewhere else to do an ep, and his specific words were, "We like what you do, but I don't want to spend three days up there in the heat so we I was like, oh so it doesn't matter how good I am it doesn't matter how good we are this this environment is not conducive. people are yeah. some people are finding they don't want to just come here because how hot it gets or the, the space and it's it's upstairs an- and
1: another thing was the live room. It's pretty small. the The famous live room that I spilt the black paint on the yeah. floor was just a tiny little box room. Yeah. And so you're only to to get big drum sounds. It's going to be very hard in a tiny little box room. Yeah. Um So that was another reason downstairs. Essentially, we had these two adjacent rehearsal rooms that were pretty big. Yeah. As rehearsal, and they were already soundproof. There was already isolation between the two rooms. So.
0: So yeah, and it went from. Can we move what we've got downstairs and what benefits will that bring to me spending 18 months planning and getting a studio designer in and spending a lot of money on basically new walls, new ceilings, a design, all new lighting, electrics, panelling?
1: (laughs) The decision you came to, and it's the right decision, was there's no point in moving downstairs if it is not going to be the dog's bollocks. Yeah. Because because yeah. the studio upstairs is fine, yeah, it's not a it's not a bad studio, and we could yeah we could probably get some air conditioning installed up there, but what you realized and we realized through chatting and was like oh, but if we move downstairs and we do it properly,
0: yeah, we not only have we have well other... I saw the slate raven, yeah, online yeah. the the two thirty two inch screen touchscreen system, and I was like I want that. Just That's, purely from a, just a tech. It's the wow factor. Yeah. And a thing like, oh, wow, that would look amazing. And it's touchscreen, even not really detailed into what the benefits are of it. I was just like, yeah, I love that. Like I love Apple Watches and yeah. car, you know, I was like, that looks fucking cool. So, and it was like, well, if I'm going to buy that, I don't want to put that in a shit room. No. And then it turned into basically I'm going to do everything properly and do it right and it needs, just needs make to this a, place it's
1: got to have that wow factor yeah studios have to have that wow factor it, yeah. can, it doesn't matter how
0: good i want people to see it and go i want to record there yeah and and hear it go i want to record there as well." and another
1: thing i was very much like the acoustics need to be right yeah we can't because we the live room and, and the mixer both control room live room they, we need to get some a professional yeah. to get
0: the acoustics right so yeah i got a professional designer from norwich down and he did all his tests and he, he designed it he said you're not going to get it perfect because we're not building from scratch yeah but here's what you can do yeah and it will be definitely a good space to work in and we had a window knocked through um and then yeah I, it took me about 18 months of planning budgeting and then december the 8th 2018 I spent the weekend tearing everything off the walls, and we opened up with everything finished on January the 11th, which was pretty... 2019. 2019. And I had no Christmas that year. Yeah. (laughs) I was in here Boxing Day painting, because the air conditioning had to be fitted on the 28th, and it all needs to be set. And it was an insane month, but the builders were incredible, and the electricians, and... I smashed it out in literally just over a month, yeah. the whole thing. And it cost me a lot of money. Um, but instantly it, it it was like, wow, yeah, this, this is, is... This is a... F- yeah.
1: On every level.
0: On every level, this is improving. And this is a sweet, sweet studio. Yeah. And I guess, like, I I then, because of building the new studio, like, I could essentially do another sort of rebrand and really make this front and centre. And actually, I, you know, i got a professional photographer and a videographer. And we, Not not for a while, we just want to get used to it and all that, but eventually got him in to take some proper decent photos and we made a little sort of promo video that just really sort of showcased and, and the mixing side of things that we'd improved. Subsequently, we'll talk about that on another episode, but it was like, okay. And I, I feel like, right, this is the studio I wanted to have when I yes. moved back from you London. you couldn't do it all at once. You can't do it all if at you'd once. you'd tried to do this. But now it's like, I mean, I'm insanely proud of this place yeah. and how it looks and what and what we do here. We had a
1: lovely 2019, didn't we, in the new studio?
0: Yeah, 2019 was, was kind of, okay, well, let's put into practice this new studio and everything we'd learned and, and everything we'd aspired to make better. And we had a very busy year. Um, and we were like, "Oh, the
1: studio works!
0: Studio works fundamentally." A yeah. Bit of
1: nerve, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I did the soldering for the, <laughs> for the, the you know connections. I was yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> um,
0: know. Yeah, and I sort of had a kind of another rebrand. I redesigned the website and and kind of really found that that feel and that look that I kind of really wanted that that all tied together. And um, great twenty nineteen, and people were coming in and really enjoying it. We were doing the best work we'd ever done. Still getting used to the new stuff, you know, the new mics, and because we were recording drums and stuff in completely different rooms, so it's like we need to adjust how we. are What does this room? Yeah, what are we getting sound from like? it? Like, yeah, yeah, what is? And we had a lovely year, and then 2020 started and cracking, we... cracking start. Yeah, was a strong start. To I mean, not for me personally. Well, yeah, um, but we were at a point where we were sort of booked up. 3 4 months in advance right up until sort of going into May and June we were we were filling the diary and then a little thing called covid came along
1: and yeah we'll do a pandemic episode. a pandemic special yeah and talk about how we survived that and what i think to round off bringing us up to date we are we are we're, here. we're back to where we were at the beginning yes. of 2020 which yeah. was we're booked up for months things are sounding great. We're as passionate as we've ever been about the old blacksmiths. Look forward to many more years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hitting yeah. that record button. Hitting that record button. Yeah. So that's kind of the journey. The 20 year history. But I think there's definitely like pride in the fact that I'm pleased I kept the name and I'm pleased that after all the great work Rich has done, like the studio's still I remember him saying to me, like, I think he had another offer to buy it and it was more money. Mm. But he said, I'd rather Ben takes over because he's going to keep Neil on because the other guy was going to get rid of Mm. you. Yeah. (laughs) I'd rather Ben takes over because I trust him to carry on. Carry on the legacy sounds lame. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, it's going to be in good hands. Good hands is the
1: phrase. As I'm sitting here staring at, at, at a lit up anvil anvil on i the mean wall. that
0: when i got that i got that custom made in scotland yeah and i was like i want an anvil on the back wall that lights up from behind yeah and it's yeah. just so cool that's that's legacy <laughs> for you yeah i just so. love it but um yeah go check out the website old com. um there's all the photos on there and the video go check out what we do what what episodes we got coming up ben now we've you know, introduced
1: everyone. Yeah, to, uh, well, I how... think we're
0: going to kind of do this in series. Yeah. So I'd definitely like to talk about the pandemic. Yeah. And how we got through that. Maybe not straight away. No, it's, it's, yeah. But I'd quite like to talk about, okay, from start to finish, how do we do a recording? From the moment someone gets in contact with us to delivering the master. I feel like that would be a
1: good next episode.
0: Yeah. Might be another two parter, <laughs> but oh, yeah. just you know, people we worked with, they'll they'll know the score. But I think um, anyone who's maybe thinking about recording and well, this this could be a good little guide. You can just kind of, indeed, I can only explain so much in email how how we work. And actually, this would be a good good thing to sort of talk mm. about, like what goes on before, while the band's in, and what goes on afterwards in post, and how we sort of um, get to that. Here's your here's your master sort of thing then we could definitely go into detail about, about the equipment we have especially the slate microphones
1: the... i feel like there's got to be a stephen slate episode
0: the, the slate episode yeah. yeah yeah so i think this kind of first season is just really like a kind of who are we what do we do introduction and it's just Very good easy. to chat about this sort of yeah it was good chatting about that past 20 years Actually, yeah i really enjoyed it yeah
1: Put a lot of memories back and then
0: season two I'd like you know we can go into series two series two (laughs) so American (laughs) I I think it's established here now
1: we call them seasons don't we
0: Um, into sort of yeah specifics of just little things drum editing vocal tuning
1: I don't tune vocals people don't like their vocals (laughs) (laughs) little
0: tips and tricks and just yeah that sort of stuff but sounds good we'll be back soon dot com.